I love coming in here every day. Well, I try to come in most days to go for a nice walk, especially when the weather's nice. It's nice to get out and go for a little stroll, bring the dog. She loves it. Um, it's so frustrating being so close to mom's house. It's just around the corner and it's little things like that that we take for take advantage of the fact that we could just you know go for a walk or then suddenly you miss it when you can't do it it kind of makes you appreciate that you don't you know just run out and jump in your car and drive off somewhere it is actually nice to go for a walk somewhere and appreciate that you can Sita was a little live wire, a little tomboy, loved um, her gymnastics and she loved horse riding. Just anything that was on, Sita wanted to be there. I was a real tomboy as a child. I was always the one that had to be in the middle of the dirt or climbing up trees or doing something I wasn't supposed to be doing. That was really me. I was also, I suppose, even at that stage, I was a very, very independent person and... If I was going somewhere, and um, my mum would have to have me all dressed up in a nice little dress ready to go off. Five minutes later, or less, I'd be absolutely filthy again. Mum used to have to wait, so we were just walking at the door before she, I'd be allowed to put on my good clothes. There was only four years between us. Uh, we were fairly close growing up, more or less, because of the four years, because when I started school, she was still in school. So um, we were fairly close growing up. She was uh, always very bubbly, outgoing. Always had to be doing something. You know, if you're feeling down, she'd always would say, put a smile back in your face. That was That's more or less hard. When Zita was growing up, she was the sort of person who was into all the difficult that was going. She was a bit of a tomboy. She was the one who like climbed the ladders and didn't know where she was heading or how high it was. The one who climbed the trees and sure she fell, sure didn't really matter. Nothing really bothered her much. She just kind of ploughed on no matter what. Sita Woods is a vivacious 26-year-old with a great sense of fun. But one thing holds her back. Having been diagnosed nine years ago with a debilitating illness, life has taken a very different turn for her. With her mum, Rosemary, sister Tanya, brothers Clive and Russell, and friend Helena, Zita tells us her story. It was back in 95, and I was at school. I was boarding at the time, and I was in one of my classes. As far as I can remember, it was maths. And I got a tingling in the bottom of my left foot, uh, I didn't really notice it, but when you pass your foot down, I kind of feel it, a bit of a tingling. And it travelled up through the left side of my body gradually. So when I got home, the tingling had gone right up my left side. I mean, you could just draw a line straight down my body and it was my left side. And I was very, very tired in myself. It just wasn't a great form. So my mum brought me into the doctor and I remember sitting there and the doctor telling him how I felt and all this. And he got a pin to do a, a 
pin test to basically to see for sensation and that. So as he was going up my leg, he was to tell me if I felt it sharp. And of course, I didn't the whole way up to my knee. I didn't feel anything sharp at all. And uh, when he stopped, I think we were kind of talking for a while then. And I looked at my leg and I just all these little spots of blood where the you know, the pin prick was. It was very funny, actually. I started laughing. I think the doctor got a bit of a shock because he didn't realise. So she went down to the hospital in Cavan and then she was sent for tests, MRI scans. And then it, first of all, they put it down as stress because she was preparing for her leaving. And then when she had her leaving done, then she was bad. She was losing power quite a lot. So then they sent her further for more MRI scan and it showed up then. So when I got those results, um, I remember I was good friends, my good friends with um, a nun who I'm still good friends with. And we were playing cards and the doctor or the nurse came in and said the doctor wanted to talk to me. So I just went outside the door and he said that they had found something on my scans. And the first thing I said was, is it a tumour? And they said, no, it's not a tumour. It's what you call lesions. So I said, that's grand. Can I go back to my cards? And that's, I think, kind of the way I approached it. But from there, I was transferred up to Dublin. It was the Adelaide Hospital. And I was under a doctor there, neurologist there. And he then done lumbar punctures and visual eye tests and uh, wait for the results. The results all come back that there was kind of slight abnormalities, but they didn't want to diagnose anything. They said if it happened again. So I think it was three months later, it all happened again back in hospital and all the tests were redone. And um, I think it was then that I was, you know, diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Her father and myself were there with her. And when he came out with the word MS, yes, it was just dreadful. But we knew that Sita didn't really know at that stage what it was. But it was hard to take in. Dad didn't take it very well at all. Um, I, I was his little girl and, you know, he didn't want anything to be wrong with his little girl. So he didn't take it too well. I think mum just put the strong face on. It really hurt her too, obviously. Like no parent likes to think of anything wrong with any of their children and would do absolutely anything to take pain and hurt away from their kids. So I think... I saw them, the way it react. Mum was trying to put on the brave face, but yet she was just hurting so much inside. Dad didn't know what way to turn. He was hurting too. I think it was just such a fright they got because I suppose they knew more about it than I did as well. Her dad didn't deal with it very well at all. He couldn't take it when Sita was down. He would be down a couple of weeks later because he had a bad heart problem and he would end up in hospital shortly after Sita would be in. Some of the times I had the two of them in together. When I heard that Sita had MS, well, I sort of knew that was serious but didn't know a huge amount about it. And then as I thought about it a little bit more, I remembered a woman in Cavan who had MS. Now, I knew she wasn't able to walk very well but she was quite a heavy woman so I sort of presumed that was to do with that and she had a you know she had a walking stick even though she wasn't she wasn't majorly old like um but I remember one time 
when Zita was in hospital in Cavan, she happened to be in one of those times and she met Mammy and Daddy and said, now, if you want to know anything about MS, you just come out and ask me. So I started thinking then that perhaps the walking stick was something to do with the MS. I didn't have an understanding about what MS was up to that point. It was something I never heard of. I'd never heard it mentioned, never heard it in any conversations. I didn't know anything about it. I just knew it was some disease. I thought it was something similar to Parkinson's. But I didn't have an understanding of it. No, I didn't know anything about it. And I didn't want to. I had more important things to be thinking of, like would I get out of the weekend, would I get to a party? So it wasn't really big on my agenda to try and find out loads about it. I think with something like that, well, with me, it's a need-to-know basis. If I need to know it, well, then I will. Because of the nature of multiple sclerosis, having an appropriate job is often very difficult for the sufferer. Although Zita is young and fit, her career decisions have been affected by the illness. Yeah, I suppose the MS has affected my career changes in a way. I suppose part of me doesn't really know either what I would like to do, but it has, we'll say, not put up obstacles, but it's shown me what I can't do. Her last relapse, she was in hospital for five weeks. So it's very hard for her to get a job and she really wouldn't be fit for an everyday job because there's some days she's just not able or not well. But she would love to be working and doing something. Majority of my employers now, I have to say, have been great. There's never been any problems associated with the MS. They've been very good in understanding. Uh, I suppose some employers don't understand the fatigue aspect of it, which is, I didn't understand the fatigue part of it until, say, in the last six months, well, the last year, um, so, you know, I'm hardly going to expect someone else who doesn't necessarily know about the disease to know how I'm supposed to be feeling either. When she was doing the bar work, I felt she was overdoing. I don't think Zita is able to be on her feet or on her legs for those long hours and maybe lifting crates and stuff or whatever. I never did think that was great for her. Um, I'd love to see her involved in something that she really gets enjoyment out even if they're only light jobs or one or two days a week, I would love to see her involved with other people because they would bring her out of herself. OK, I've just come in. I've just bought the local paper and I'm going to have a look through it and see what jobs are in it this week. OK. Bar person. Can't do that because I'm on my feet all the time. Um... Waitress, again, on my feet all the time. Bar person again. Then the horticulturist. Nothing in it this week. It's so hard to find something that would actually suit me. The problems at the workplace, I suppose, would hold for me could be, again, if it was a job that I was on my feet a lot. The fatigue as well would be Another thing that would hin- would be a hindrance to a job because you never know how you feel, especially, you know, if it's a job when you're in the public and you're just feeling so tired and drained. Last thing you want to do is be all jolly and happy with somebody else. 
I'm making some fairy cakes for my brother. He's got a table tennis match, so they have to bring down a few bits and pieces or nicies to eat. Okay, I'm just putting in egg. Nearly there. Not a bake with you. Okay, I'm just putting them in the oven now. Just check the time. Don't want them burning. Now, that's them. I love baking. Absolutely love the baking. I find it relaxing. That's how I would relax. And uh, it's great because mum has a sweet tooth. So it means that she's always ready and, and able to eat what I'm baking. So, and I love it. I bake like chocolate cakes, anything really. But I love knitting. I love knitting little teddies. I keep knitting them for my granny. People have seen them and have asked me would I knit them for babies and different things like that. So that kind of keeps me busy as well. But it's great because at night I just, you know, sit by my fire, have the telly on and knit away. I love socialising, obviously. Once I'm being kept active, I like that. They have a great um, drama society in Ballyduff and Zita was very involved in that. They put the shows on once a year and it runs for a whole week, I think it is. And it's normally excellent entertainment and I think she really enjoy that. Oh, yeah, I was in the Frolics in 96, I think it was. That was the first time I was in it. And then for their 50th show, which was in... 2003 and it is always always great fun to be in and you make so many friends and everyone really pulls together and helps people out if someone can't pick up some of the steps well yeah there's always somebody there that'll give them a hand or to help them with harmonies or like there's an awful lot of work goes into it both on stage and back of stage there really really is but it is brilliant to be in and I thoroughly enjoy it or see to love the musical society I was in it twice, singing and dancing. And people actually thought it was her sister had Ennis and not her when they saw her on stage. But she really thrives at that. She really loves it. But the late nights and all the practice can be hard on her. But she keeps going. It's very emotional to see her and knowing how she has suffered. People think that I have another sister, apart from Tanya, or that I am Tanya. But people really think I'm not the one with the MS, that I I couldn't be. I couldn't be the one up on the stage that is sick because I don't look sick and I don't act. I don't act sick. Um, I think people just associate MS with that's it, you know, your life's over, wheelchair, you can't walk, you can't, you know, you can't do a lot of things where I kind of proved them all wrong. There you are, Zita. Yeah, sitting here watching the Frolics video, it's so weird watching it back. It's completely different when you're on stage. When you're on the stage, you just kind of get on with it. When you're watching it, I think you're very critical of yourself when you're watching yourself and watching the way everyone else is moving. It's really nice to see, though, because, again, when you're in it, you don't actually get to see 
or kind of hear all the harmonies and that. So, gosh, it was that it was really good doing that. It was really fun. You're a real performer, I think. I don't know about that. I love the stage, and I think I've done theatre studies for a while. But I think you do have to to do a course like that. You have to enjoy it. Um, but yeah, it's really it's it's good fun on the stage, and you have a good laugh. And I don't know, it's a performer inside me somewhere. I should be famous. <laughs> Although Zita is usually in good shape physically, she has her bad times too. The type of MS she suffers from means that she has relapses throughout the year. Each time a relapse occurs, she is admitted to hospital where she is treated for anything from two to six weeks. These are among the most difficult times for Zita. When people think of MS, they automatically, I suppose, think of the worst. They think MS wheelchair or, you know, they think life is over when it's it's not. You know, there, there's different types of MS. The one I would have is the relapse and remittance, which means that I might have a relapse and then I'm fine for a while. Then there's also the progressive one, which would be the rapid one, which you go downhill quite fast. So it wouldn't be, it's not very, it's not a very nice one. Uh, but I'm lucky with that every time I do have a relapse, I come up nearly to what I, I was before, strength-wise. Some people, I could have one relapse and then be fine then for the rest of their life. It just varies. It just depends. She had a lot of relapses. Sometimes the side of her face would go and her eye wouldn't close and it would be into hospital. Then it would be, she would lose power, wouldn't be able to walk properly or the legs would go just like two boards out in front of her and she wouldn't be able to bend them at all. And that could go on for a week before they would actually bend and that she'd be able to walk again. When I was first diagnosed, I was in hospital every three months. It was like, it was like a calendar. Every three months, I would have a relapse. Then it kind of went to about six months. Then... It went to, I had two years free and now it seems to be kind of every six months. It's been kind of every six months for the last two years now. But it could change. I could be fine now for five years, ten years, or I could, you know, be fine for another two months. You, you just don't know what that you just, I suppose, have to listen to your body. Different times you would go in to visit her and you'd see how bad she really was. That is very, very hard to take when you'd see her in such pain. I mean, Sita's 26, but when she has a relapse, she's just like a 16-year-old. It's very hard to watch. The treatment I have after, or when I go into hospital with a relapse would be steroids. It's intravenous steroids. Sometimes uh, the first dose wouldn't exactly work with me, so I'd be put onto another one, a double dose of it. Steroids would be the main treatment that I'd be put on to. After that, it would just be like the tablets I'm on now for nerve pain, for muscle cramps, different things like that. When I was up in Beaumont, I was yeah in the neurological ward, which was very tough. It was hard and it was real, you know, bringing you 
bring reality to light. Um, there was a woman beside me with advanced multiple sclerosis. So, I mean, her muscles were constantly in spasm. She couldn't really speak. She had to be fed by hand. Uh, she couldn't walk. She had to be turned in the bed. You know, it was a very advanced age and it was very, very hard to see that. I think it was more, that was a real reality for me. I've seen people before with MS and they're in wheelchairs and, you know, and this was different. This was, this was advanced. It was hard to take. Like, you had people going around with, I suppose, patches in the head after getting brain surgery done. And, you know, there was a lot of people quite sick. There's a lot of people waiting for tests to see then about if they had multiple cirrhosis or not, which they used to ask me about what I went through and which I had no problem telling them. But it, it was very hard to take. It was a real reality strike. She'd just be quite positive in hospital. Um, at times, obviously she's very down when she's in there. Sometimes she's in for one, two weeks. Sometimes she's in for five weeks. It depends on how bad the attack is. She seems to occupy herself quite a bit when she's in hospital. Um, I basically only get a chance to go in and see her in the evening time from work and that. But on the whole, she seems to be quite positive from what she's let me believe. But I don't necessarily think that's the true story behind her. In hospital, I suppose, yeah, I am very headstrong. I, I suppose the last time I was in, I'd done a lot of walking to try and get the strength back in my legs because I know it's the only way that it'll happen. Maybe I overdone it as well, but I would push myself so much. I suppose partly it's because that the doctors used to tell me, now I'm talking years ago, that it was all in my head, that that attitude is still like, I am going to prove that, you know, I can help myself, that I can do this, that I, I'm just won't lie down and die basically when I'm in hospital I get up and I will do as much as I possibly can to speed up my recovery now we'll go for a little rummage through my medicine bag and I'll show you all I have to take okay These ones are little yellow capsules, they're Neurontin, and they're for nerve pain. Nerve pain is a horrible pain, it really is. It's very, very hard to describe it unless you've experienced it, but I mean, even the touch of a hand and you could be just crying in pain. It, it is severe. But these conquer that pain, which is great. It took me a long time to be able to get something that uh, actually made a difference to that pain and these do so that's great these pinky ones they're low sack which a lot of people anyway would take that one but that's just uh, to protect your stomach from ulcers and that because of the harshness and the amount of the tablets that I, I would take These here are called Xanaflex 
and Xanaflex is to relax your muscles. I'd suffer a lot from it would be muscle cramp, muscle spasm, and it could last for days, which is it, it's not nice. And um, I get it my legs, backs of my legs, and um, my shoulders and neck. So this keeps that under control. These ones are called Fosamax, and Fosamax would be for your bones. Because of the amount of steroids that I've been on, steroids can cause one of the side effects would be brittle bones and osteoporosis and different things like that. will not necessarily affect me at the moment, but in years to come. So Fosamax is um, putting all those goodness and strength back into my bones. And these ones are just multivitamins and minerals. This one here is just a, a sleeping tablet because of the fatigue. People kind of find it amusing that, you know, you have fatigue but you can't sleep, but that's just the pattern of it. So uh, these just help me get a good night's sleep. Does it annoy you to have to take so many tablets? No, it doesn't really annoy me because you just get on with it and you just do it. You know, there's so many people out there that have to take tablets and I'm no different. People react in different ways when they hear about the MS. Some people are great, it doesn't, they don't bat an eyelid. Other people are a bit taken back and they can treat you differently for a while and then or some people just think you're, I don't know, a glass vase, that you could break at any stage and I don't like that. I suppose I don't tell I don't make it, you know, topic of conversation if I'm out with people because I don't like people to treat me differently. But imagine some people, you keep some people at a distance because they'd be afraid to get too involved with her because when she will be in hospital and, and it would affect her bad and that, you know, it's only a, a true friend would... Uh, hang around her and um, look after her. But as for somebody coming along, just meeting her for the first time, they'd never know she had MS because she can keep up a good front and keep going. No, none of them, none of my family treat me differently. When I'm sick or because I'm sick, we still have the usual fights. We still have the same fights everybody else does and get in bad moods and have good times and bad times just the same way that everybody else does. Osita has to be in control of her life. And in one way, I suppose she pushes us away maybe a little bit. Thinks she can do it all herself. So we just have to be there for her when she needs a hug, to be there to give her the hug or a bit of caring. Sita's a very independent girl. And I suppose in one way I have to admire her for it. But it does leave it a bit more difficult for me because... I suppose we would have an odd row. But I suppose it's good to see her, though, with the independence, the fight in her. It keeps her going. I've always, always been a very, very independent person, even from a child. Well, kind of like my way or no way. But apart from that, yeah, I was. I was very independent. I need my independence. Maybe more so because I have the MS that I would kind of go on about my independence a bit more because it does take part of your life from you that you're not in control of. I like to be 
in control of other aspects. So, yeah, my independence is so important to me, always has been. I don't know what the future is going to hold for me or what's going to happen, as nobody does for them. So my independence is so important. It gives me self-worth as well to know that I can be so independent. Um, a lot of people might say I'm too independent for my own good. If it ever came to it that she couldn't drive, that would really uh, get her down, like... Because then she'd have to depend on other people and that's just not her. Control is absolutely everything to Zita. When Zita was younger, she liked having control of every situation, almost being the centre of attention. And Zita was able to control herself quite well with the MS initially. But now, as the MS has progressed, Zita seems to have lost a bit more control which she does not like and she tries to claim it back claim back control in different ways and in someone even offering her help with something it's like you're not to offer me help you're trying to control my life and she just seems to think that everybody is trying to control her life and we're not we're trying to help and that's it but she's big into control there's the bathroom, and to my right, the kitchen. Then we have the sitting room on the left and the two bedrooms upstairs, so come on into the sitting room. So I love coming in here and lighting the fire and sitting down at the fire, relaxing and watching telly. and just It's comfortable, it's cosy. It's nice to have your own space and, you know, whatever goes on during the day, you can still you can come in at night and just close the door and... Your home, it's, it's nice, it's your own space. Although Zita is extremely independent, there are times when, like any of us, she needs the support of the people around her. The last nine years have been made difficult for her with her father's death as well as the MS diagnosis. Zita has made it through these difficult years and continues to do so with the love and support on offer from her family and friends. I get very, very good support from my family especially and my friends they're always there for me my mum was always there for me to put her arms around me, give me a hug on a bad day or to talk to me about it if I have any questions my brothers are very good too, you know, they do care and they do show they care as well which means a lot, I mean when I was in hospital my brother, not when I was in hospital but whenever I get out of hospital my brother bring me places and because I couldn't drive, my other brother would always be getting me bits and pieces and my sister's very good. Friends are very good too. Um, it is a situation where you do find out who your real friends are. I mean, at the very start, you've, you know, supposedly loads of friends, everyone wants to come and see you and see how things are. And then suddenly, as time goes on, it gets less and less. So it does work out who your true friends are. And I have to say, my true friends have been very, very good and very, very supportive to me. And I will never forget that. And I'm greatly thankful to them. 
her brothers and sister has, yes, they have been affected by it. At the beginning, they didn't know what to expect and they didn't like to see her down. But Zita always puts the good side forward, so they don't really see her as bad maybe as she is some of the times. But they are good to her and they're there for her. Clive, Tanya and Russell, how do they deal with it? Gosh, I think they deal with it very well. Like I'm still me, I'm still Zita. It's the same way that I was young when I was diagnosed and it just became part and parcel of my life that it's the same with them. I was young as well. But it does hurt them and yes, it does upset them whenever I'm not well or whether I, if I end up back in hospital or if I'm in pain or they kind of, they kind of know how to judge how I'm feeling on that day. And so, of course, they don't like it. Nobody likes to have anything wrong with their brothers or sisters or any member of family or friends. I tried to help her out any time I could and uh, I suppose the rest of the family would too. And not say it's a full-time job looking out for her, but it's just something that comes natural. Just look out for her when you can and do whatever you can for her. Mum deals very well with it. Um, I do feel very sorry for her when I'm in hospital and she's coming down to see me. I can't see her getting more and more tired each day, so... I hate to see her, how it affects her. Um, I think it's tougher on them watching me than it is because for me because I know how I feel. Sita is very positive. But I wonder, is she really that positive inside? She feels that she has to be. Because if she gives in, well, that's it then. So she has this fight thing in her all the time. And I think that's what has kept her going up to this now. Because she really is, if somebody saw her, they wouldn't know that she had MS or that there was anything wrong with her. Sita doesn't really let us see when she is really low. I know there was one Christmas she came out of hospital on the Christmas Eve. That was a bad Christmas for her because she was in a lot of pain and wasn't able to do very much and everybody else was going out and I know that was hard for her then there was another time on Christmas day opening her presents she wasn't able to open them the power wasn't in her arms and the next day she went into hospital then I don't like it and I don't like the fact that the MS has kind of taken things from me control especially but in saying that, I don't let it become an issue. It is only an issue when I'm not well or when I'm not working or, you know, in hospital. But whenever I'm out and about and doing my own thing, I do my best to try and have my control of my life. Sita would love to be travelling. And even to go on holidays now would affect her. To go to a hot climate, that's bad for her. Flying isn't good for her either. The first time after she was diagnosed, we brought her to Spain. Now, she didn't say anything to me on the plane until we landed. And then she said, oh, mummy, I've got the power back. The whole time through the flight, she had no power in her legs. But she didn't want to tell me that. Now, she has gone since and she's gone to San Francisco. But she can go into a lot of pain on flights as well. But she would love to be travelling. Sometimes, yes, I can feel angry, but that's more... 
a factor of what the MS is stopping me from doing. Timmy, come on, come on, good girl. Yeah, I do come feel on. resentful at times, but as everybody does, with different things that go on in their life, but there's nothing I can do about it. It can't be changed. It's the hand I've been dealt with, so you just get up and you get on with it. There's worse things have affected other people. I mean, people do say to me, oh gosh, how do you cope? How do you manage? When I look at them and I go, well, how did you manage with such and such a situation? When you're put in front of a situation, you just, everybody deals with it the best way they can. And that's all I'm trying to do. The last year has been very hard on her. I think the relapses in the last year have brought her down quite a bit. There's times she feels useless and would love to be doing things. And then she sort of settles again. It's not easy for her. She's a young girl and should be out and going around with everybody else, but she just wouldn't be able for that. Definitely the last year has been so difficult for me. This was last year and a half or maybe more. I find the relapses getting taking more out of me. They're taking more out of my system. I mean, initially when I'd have a relapse, I'd know I'd go on the steroids and I'd be fine. Now I know that it's hard work and effort that I have to put into trying to get better. I just can't lie there and wait for everything to return. And different things like it would find you more pain. It takes longer for me to come back from the relapses and each time now it's like I don't come back to as good as what I used to be. So yeah, it has been tough and I'd say it's just the last year, year and a half or so that has made that realisation very clear that, okay, you know, this is this is going to be hard work. Now you have to make your effort and you have to, I suppose, put more of that fighting spirit into play and use it the best that you can because... You know, at the end of the day, it is a degenerative disease. Even with the many advances in medicine, MS is still an incurable disease. The uncertainty of the future and Zeta's well-being are of huge concern. Because the MS is getting more progressive, things are not as good as they used to be and each relapse seems to be taking more and more out of her. Although the fatigue makes it difficult to maintain her positive attitude at times, Zita never ignores the fighting spirit within her. I worry about her future, maybe someday ending up in a wheelchair. That would really get her down. It's kind of like a, a rope that is just pulling her back all the time. It'll let her go so far and then it'll just pull her back. Take nearly every day as it comes and hope, hopefully the next one will be be okay. Mummies are supposed to make everything better but I'm just not able to make this better but hopefully things will work out for her. She's a survivor and she'll battle on and I'll not say out of no fear about her future but at the same time if I could help her in any way I would but I know she'll manage because she has up to now and she always has. I absolutely dread the day 
that I have to or might have to depend on somebody. I will fight that day every way that I possibly can. Um, but if it comes down to it, that's just the way it is. And I know that I have people in my life that would be more than willing to help me out in any possible way. But it, I would hate it. I really, really would. Nobody wants to. Nobody wants to have to rely on anybody for anything. And that's just the way I am. And it would mean my loss of my independence and everything. So it's not that I don't want to think about it. It's just I don't want it to happen. So I just hope it doesn't. I won't let it. I might have MS, but MS does not have me. <laughs> <laughs>